Hey everyone, good morning and welcome to a special edition of the new media show being done on a Friday. But uh, we wanted to get this knocked out because even though you can't see him, we have a special guest on board this morning. That's Dan Franks. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Or is Dan with us? Oh, Dan, Dan went away. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Rob, uh, good morning. So hopefully we can get Dan back in here. Yeah, I'm sure he'll just call call back in here. We've been we've been stro- struggling with Skype a little bit with with Dan here here this morning trying yeah. to get him in. Yeah, his his video his video has been dying. And the person uh, whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please <laughs> leave a message after the beep. <laughs> All right. So it, yeah, and of course Skype had to do an update just just prior to the show, right? So well, they did an eight they did eight point update two or three days ago. So yeah, let me try them again. But every turn every turn uh, every time he turned video on the uh, the Skype connection failed. The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. <laughs> okay, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Call him on the phone, Todd. <laughs> yeah, and I and that piece I don't have hooked up. So anyway, yeah, right. good morning, Rob, and everyone that's on joining the live stream. Good morning and welcome to uh, the new media show. So we're trying to get uh, Dan in here from, from Podcast Movement. And uh, this is the first time we've had Skype travels in months. Yeah, well, and I don't know if it's entirely Skype's fault. Who knows? I mean, it could just be you know an online connection issue on Dan's end, or who knows? You know, actually, there's been a fair amount of online outages that have been going on that I've I've noticed. I know I was down for for most of the day yesterday. Yeah, on on my connection, and I know a lot of other people have had some issues lately. I don't know what what's happening, but yeah, it's kind of weird. So. While we're trying to to get Dan reconnected here with us, um, I guess we're, you know, the purpose of the show today was kind of talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what's coming up at Podcast Movement. And uh, I've had an addition. I got added to a session um, late last week and got the details uh, on, I guess, Amit and I did a call on Tuesday. And we're... uh, they added on a session, Rob, on Thursday for uh, the IEB talking about the podcast measurement guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I, you're the only other presenter in that. Session, yeah, right? and I think yeah. part of it is is uh, Amit wants to t- have me talk a little bit about the the audit process and and what we have went through so far in the uh, in the certification process. So talk about that and. Um, so anyway, it'll be good, and, and uh, I think well, hopefully it'll be well attended. Mm-hmm. But that's Thursday, I think at eleven. Um, I come right out of my social media strategy session, and, and then walk right to the next room and and do this next one. So I got back to back. Yeah. And I th- I got to owe you some slides too for for our session on state of podcasting on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm just doing you know. A- basically a data dump um off of the speaker platform so just you know like what countries and what's the popular genres now just you know and how long people are listening and just some basic stats you know live versus 
the downloadable on-demand part, just kind of getting a snapshot of where we are right now is was my focus, at least talking about the Spreaker platform anyway. Um, so, yeah, so what part of it were you thinking about? Well, Angela's making the slide, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, what's up to Angela? Okay. <laughs> I told him, pull, pull me something cool, something we haven't talked about in a while. And he's like, ugh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's had his hands full this week with uh, with the auditors. And uh, yeah, I guess I could talk. I don't know. Those of you that aren't going to podcast movement, maybe I can talk a little bit about that if you're interested. Um, I don't know if this audience is interested in that or not. But. I mean, I suppose we could. Um, is there any? I'm, I'm trying to think. Is there any other way that we can get Dan into the show? I'm I, just trying to think here. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a way to, to get him in easily. Not without a bunch of reconfiguring. Could we bring him in as a, well, I guess he, either way he has to use Skype, right? Yeah, so. and I don't even see him online right now. He uh, Maybe he rebooted his home machine. Yeah, could be. Could be. Yeah, I mean, he sent me a message uh, saying that now uh, Skype crapped out and won't let, let me force quit. Uh, if we're doing audio only, I could do it on my phone. I'm trying to think here. Yeah, um, he could. He could just come I in with his phone. With yeah. if, if he comes in and Skype on his phone, he could do that. Yeah. Well, I have a Skype um, in phone number. I wonder if I can bring him in on on my my Skype in account here. Um, I don't know. As a conference. Well, he should be able to just, if he's got Skype on his mobile, he could just GNC pot. He could use the, the line and come right in. Well, no, I'm just saying, I mean, he, he could use his cell phone just yeah, to call to, us directly. Uh, well, or he my, could, like I said, I, most of us have, you don't have Skype loaded on your mobile or. Well, no, I do. Hey but I'm just oh, there, there he is. Oh, there he is. Okay. Yeah. I called him. I'm on my phone because it completely crashed my machine and now my, uh, my whole computer is frozen thanks to Skype, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, you're here. That's good. Yep, oh, I'm okay. here, and my phone is going <laughs> to work better than that. So, All right. Don't you love Skype? And they just did a major update, so maybe you got stuck with that. Well, anyway, Dan, welcome to the show. And uh, I know that you're, uh, you're fast. Are you, even, are you in Philly already? Are you on the road, or where are you at? We fly out first thing in the morning. We used to get there a little bit earlier, but um, you know, we figured out that that we worked better and more efficiently, kind of at our own home home office or home office setup versus trying to all get together in some kind of conference room or something, and uh, just wasn't as efficient. So now uh, we went from getting there as early as possible to now almost as late as we can uh, w- without missing anything. So tomorrow morning. No, that's that's good. So we're all going to be on airplanes together heading that way. So I assume the, you know, of course, the convention center is already prepping and you'll get there and then start untangling everything, right? Yeah, exactly. So actually tomorrow, I think, is when a lot of the um, like the AV company and the staging company and everyone gets on the docks to unload everything. And then uh, pretty much all day Sunday is building out all the stages and all of that. So uh, so first thing Monday, everything will be ready to rock. Well, awesome. So let's, uh, so the number I heard was 2,200. Did you guys officially sell out? We did. Um, we have kind of, uh, you know, we, we allot a certain number of tickets to each sponsors. So now we've actually, I believe I haven't looked, uh, recently, but I think on the website, 
now there is like a waiting list feature so you can get your name on the list and as we go back to all the sponsors and uh, see if they're going to use all the tickets that we've got held for them and if not then we'll release a few more um you know it's uh <laughs> we've it's a good problem to have to to sell more tickets than we have um you know have available space so right. um you know no complaining but um but yeah you know we're we're excited and i think like right now, I think we're at about 2,300 wow. uh, registrants. Um, traditionally, what we've seen now, we have four years of, of, track hit, or of track record, so we can look back on it. And traditionally, about 85% of people that have tickets in their name actually show up. So, um, so you know, we're, we're, we're confident that we've got enough uh, things for everybody still. Um, you know, enough bags and enough name badges and lanyards mm-hmm. and all that. But we have... We did uh, recently put in an emergency order of last-minute additional bags and lanyards just to make sure we don't run out of those. So, um, so again, good problems to have, no complaints. Um, first year we've ever had to do something like that. Well, is it? can you tell on demographic-wise, are you getting a big East Coast contingent, or is it all over? Yeah, a big East Coast contingent, um, which that's, you know, that's what we see every year wherever we're at. Um, you know, naturally, there's going to be more people from that area. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of people, um, you know, from all the way to the West Coast, too. Just something about being on the East Coast, um, it seems like a lot of people from everywhere want to go versus last year on the West Coast. It was um, it, it wasn't that same that same effect. So it's interesting to see different buying habits and, and attendee habits um, in, in completely different locations. Right. So I think all the announcements are out or is there anything yet to be to released or have you you guys uh, got everything on the table at this point yeah everything's on the table and now it's just uh you know making sure it all happens the way that we're uh, we're planning on it and we say it's going to happen um yeah you know it's uh i well I, I knock on wood i say all of that there's always some last minute cancellations and changes um so far nothing major like that has happened um you know we have had added, added a few last minute sessions for um, you know, switching some things out, like the one I think uh, Todd, you you tweeted about it yesterday with um, IAB coming in and wanting to do a session on the on the new guidelines and and adding you to that session. So there's some last minute things coming through. Um, people will be happy to know that the um, we actually have uh, I I'm pitching it more like an AMA uh, with with the CEO of Anchor. Um, he's doing a <laughs> session about um, about. So, so the way I talk to him, Mike is his name, um, you know, and they're really, really passionate and they believe in, in why they're doing the, the, uh, things the way they're doing them. Um, so I, I really encourage them to, um, you know, be open to not only sharing their viewpoint about why they're doing some of the things that people have maybe objected to, but also then being open to, uh, conversing and having conversations and having, uh, you know, some open dialogue with, with those of us in the community who want to have it at the event. So I think they're, um, there's going to be a number of members of the anchor team there uh, having those conversations. And that was another one of the last minute additions we just announced. So what day are they going to be uh, doing their thing? Uh, they're, they're on Thursday. It's towards the back half of Thursday. Um, they're going to be doing a session on the industry track stage um, Thursday. And, uh, but I think that the team will be there for uh, most of the week. Interesting. So yeah. they're actually, this is surprising. They're actually taking a, well, it's good for them that they're actually taking and, uh, you know, actually even showing up. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was an interesting process with them because, um, you know, when they first came onto the scene, we, we and the, right before podcast movement last year was when kind of their first generation came out. We had uh, a number of conversations to try to have them out then. 
and that didn't materialize. And then this year, uh, as I started kind of becoming more and more active uh, in the community that we're all pretty active in, uh, we, we tried even more. And for a while, uh, it looked like they weren't going to um, participate. Wow. And it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I don't know if it was coincidence or not that around the time that a lot of the stuff blew up um, with the terms of uh, the, the agreement, the terms of service and all that of using the service. Um, is when they became a little more interested in, in starting to, um, you know, talk with our community and be a part of our community. So um, regardless about what the reason was that they they turned it around like that, um, I'm excited at least that, you know, we'll have the chance to uh, to hear from them and talk to them. I find it, I'll just be frank, I find it curious that they didn't want to participate in the community up until they got, you know, yeah, and you know, uh, I don't know if it was that they didn't want to participate. Um, you know what I'll say, and we've we've been learning this more and more as we started working with some of the bigger companies. Because obviously, when we first started, it was just um, you know a bunch of us who kind of all knew each other that were doing it. Um, and now, as more outside people come in, uh, every company, especially these newer companies like them, have different situations. Sometimes I'm working directly with the CEO to get their involvement. Um, sometimes I'm working with a PR company or a PR rep at that company. Um, so there's, it, it, whenever someone doesn't participate, I, I don't want to, you know, blanket say it's because the, the person in charge, the leadership doesn't want to be involved. Um, sometimes the invite never actually gets to them at all. And then when they actually find out that maybe someone uh, associated with them or that was working on their behalf turned down participation, then they kind of, you know, want to want to make sure that's right and change that. So. There's a lot of factors, especially when it comes to some of these, um, like I said, these startup companies that maybe, um, you know, are either spread too thin or have people helping them out that aren't necessarily always uh, doing the right thing for them. Yeah, I've I've kind of found working with uh, new companies like like Anchor um, over the years is that one of the things that um, that that is kind of needed with working with these folks is having a personal connection. from the community into those companies. And then also, um, like you've been doing, Dan, really, really connecting with them and inviting them to participate. Cause a lot of these companies, um, aren't going to like step out of their box and just jump into a community unless they have a contact or, or some pathway in that is maybe perceived as advantageous to them somehow. So, uh, I think, you know, what you've done as far as reaching out to them, cause I know I haven't been in contact with anchor folks, but it's great that you have been. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, a lot of these startups, a lot of them, when they're kind of one track mind and and we've seen it a number of times that they don't necessarily, um, you know, familiarize themselves with the whole landscape. There's so many different pockets of podcasters and podcast companies and offerings and services and all of that. Sometimes, um, you know, they're they're just not familiar with with things, whether it's not familiar with our event or just not familiar with what it is um, or not really. Uh, brought up to speed about why maybe it's a good place for them to be versus not a good place for them to be. Sometimes it does just take those personal uh, connections to to fill them in and bring them up to speed. Well, it'll be uh, interesting to see what they have to say, and I'd be curious to see how many people attend their their session too. So, but uh, well, good. Any uh, any other? surprises on who's coming to the show have you got any indications on are we seeing any media buyers from the new york market or is it just mostly the the podcasting companies themselves have you got any indication on that yeah i mean actually a lot of um 
it's 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 curious who's coming and who's not. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of media buyers, a lot of the um, agencies are are buying up kind of these group registrations that we introduced this year. Um, you know, for to bring a number of members of their teams. Uh, seeing a lot of people come from the actual companies that are are normally working through agencies. Um, and so not so Squarespace would be an example. I don't know if that's one specifically that's happening or not, but you know, if Squarespace normally buys their ads through an agency, mm-hmm. uh, traditionally we've seen the agencies or someone from the agency come to the conference. This year, we're not only seeing those agencies come, but also representatives from the companies themselves. So, um, you know, that's something that we've been interested in having for a while, just to kind of let them know, like, you know, hey, you, you should be familiar with the space where a lot of your money is being spent, mm-hmm. even if you're not the one, you know, picking and choosing specific shows or networks to work with. Like, it would make sense that you're, you know, familiar with the people in the space and what's going on in the space and just having some conversations. So this, uh, we had a little bit of it last year and this year even more. So that's something that's, you know, I think exciting for us just because, uh, you know, people like to know that that those people that are throwing, you know, the ads on a bunch of shows uh, might actually, um, you know, be interested in, in being part of the, uh, the, uh, the space a little bit more. Yeah. Hey, Dan, I wanted to ask you um, kind of big picture view of what's happening w- with the event. I know very early in the the birth of your event, there was a lot of talk. I know um, Todd and I gave you a lot of feedback about maybe trying to be more inclusive about more more segments of the podcasting space. Uh, it feels like, and maybe you can give us a little perspective on where you think we are with that as far as are there still parts of this uh, podcasting space um that we're still kind of like underrepresented at your event or do you think that we've kind of crossed this threshold of being um very inclusive of all the different sectors in the podcasting space today uh, yeah i mean I, I don't obviously we're not we're not perfect and it's going to be difficult to get a perfect uh, representation of the the full industry um a lot of it has to do with the people that are um willing to buy Tickets at, at the prices that the passes to our event uh, go mm-hmm. for. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of that kind of dictates what uh, what genres or niches of podcasters attend the event. Um, just because, and you know, we we talked about this obviously in the first few years of the event, where it was much more um, leaning heavily towards the business podcasters that were there. That those mm-hmm. are the people that are more likely to you know kind of do the math and crunch the math of what the ROI of attending an event like ours might be. Um, so they would be more likely to make that investment and see it as an investment and not an expense. Um, whereas a lot of the people that are maybe doing this as a hobby or doing it and hoping just kind of, you know, to, to find a way to break even on their um, their passion of creating a podcast, they might be a little more hesitant to uh, spend the money that it takes to come to an event like ours. So I think something like that is always going to naturally segment out a certain percentage or a certain portion of the podcaster um, creator community. Uh, but that being said, we're definitely seeing a lot more of those niches and genres that we just really have seen very little of in the past. So um, one that you guys have talked about a little bit in the past uh, on, on past shows um, is the fiction and the audio drama type space. Um, we're seeing mm-hmm. a, a good number of those people coming. Still not, um, you know, it's a very big segment of podcasting and, and I don't think that same percentage is necessarily represented in in attendees at the event, but uh, in just in, in form of quantity, uh, we're seeing a lot more audio drama and audio fiction type podcasters that are coming. Um, we we are having a, a pretty a pretty big panel of uh, people 
um, of audio fiction creators uh, do, doing a session, which some of those audio drama people are pretty excited about. So uh, while, while you know that's just one example of a segment that's starting to um, ad- adapt the event or adopt the event and come to it more, still not going to be completely um, you know 100% representative of who's in the space, but um, you know we're 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 making a conscious effort to try to be more inclusive. Um, and then hopefully, like those efforts, they usually trail by a year or two when it actually turns into um, people that are registering and kind of awareness in those communities. Mm-hmm. I also see that your vendor count is way up too. So what what's it look like in the vendor side? Like eighty or something like that? Yeah, I I think we're yeah seventy seventy five. Um, I believe um, you know some of them are double booths, some of them are um, you know booths that are in different areas of the space. But yeah, I think we're about 20 up by 20 to where we had uh, from what we had last year. Um, and it's really exciting. A, a lot of the new vendors coming in, what, what we've always tried to do is get some more of the vendors that are selling gear and microphone and equipment, just because that's what a lot of the attendees are most excited to come in, you know, into the expo area and learn about and try out. Um, so we've got um, Yellow Tech is a new one. RME is a new one. Um, Cloud Microphones is a new one. Um, so we've got a, a few of these new uh, new gear exhibitors that are bringing equipment that no one's seen before, at least a podcast movement. So um, those are the new ones that are super exciting to us. Yeah, the matter of fact, Yellow Tech, I just ordered a bunch of their booms. So uh, I should have waited to the show me, but I got a discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, sorry about that. <laughs> it's my, you know, my loss, their gain. So is there any update on the folks from Google um, uh, as far as what they're doing at the event? I know you put them on the front page of your website that there's, uh, you know, something going on with them. Uh, Could you share a little bit more detail on that? Is there any updates on that? Sure. So um, that first, the end of the first day, which is what we kind of consider our opening block of keynote talks and and main stage Mm -hmm. session, um, they're doing one of those. So that's that's Tuesday afternoon. So um, Edison is doing a presentation where they've got some new um, information and data they're presenting. Uh, and then immediately after that is uh, is Google's talk. So it's going to be Zach, who you guys had on from Google, the product manager for Google Podcasts. Um, he's going to be up there and he's going to kind of be um, interviewed on stage kind of thing. Uh, it's Jenna Weiss-Berman, I'm sorry, who um, she's with a company called Pineapple Street Media. But she mm-hmm. did time at BuzzFeed and WNYC, so she's definitely um, got the chops and been around the podcast space for quite a while. And uh, she, she's she's helping them, I believe, uh, in some capacity during the rollout of the Google Podcast. Um, and so she's familiar with a lot of their uh, what they've done up to this point, but also kind of what they have in the works. I um, mean, it's going to be uh, for the most part just kind of a conversation, asking a lot of the frequently asked questions and um, discussing a lot of the topics, probably that that you guys discussed on the show. Um, and hopefully some of the questions that you guys asked that he didn't have an answer for, he might layer into that conversation. Um, and then a, a little bit of that talk is also then going to be on the future of of what they're planning to do. So they have um, some cool programs that they're um, hoping to do so that they're not just a um, a player, not just a, a, a you know a, a compiler of podcasts. But I think they have a, f- a number of new initiatives that they're going to. Uh, roll out that that help creators and and help bring even more listeners and podcasters um, into the space and and hopefully um, some new changes to the platform that also kind of enable some of those. So um, you know I, I don't know a whole lot about it other than just on the surface what they told me, but um, but I know that's going to be a pretty big part of the conversation as well. It's not necessarily talking about what Google Podcast is now, 
but what they're uh, planning for it. Yeah, I get the feeling that uh, they're in with all feet. You know, I, I get just, you can see that, uh, that, that once Google has decided to make the move, they're going to come in with the, uh, with the hammer and, you know, with their, with their brand and, and, you know, you know, they, they got an 8,000 pound gorilla in Google.com and it's, it's, uh, it's a powerful force on the internet. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're, I, th- I think we're, everyone sh- I think should be excited. Oh me. yeah. I mean, I, you know, we, it's funny because we're all in the same Slack channels and we see some people saying, um, well, you know, I'm not a fan of the player, but I think, uh, you know, we all kind of are on the same page that, you know, this isn't for us. This is for, uh, the other 75% of the people that aren't listening to podcasts at least once a month or whatever Edison's current number is. So, um, you know, it's exciting that they're trying to do their part to bring it into the mainstream and, and, you know, make it even easier for more people to get involved. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped and I was excited when, um, when I, I was connected with Zach a few months ago to start planning this. You know, one thing is, you know, here's what I found and I've, I was in an event here, not a little on Saturday it was a little geek meetup and there were some podcasters there and I was like, have you guys seen a new Android thing? And I've got a, a Samsung galaxy S eight just for the purpose of being able to demo this. And they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, what's the name of your show? And you know, we typed in the show in Google and it came up and I'm like, subscribe and I added the icon to the right to my mobile phone and their jaws drop, you know, and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, there it is. There's your app. And, uh, they, they were, they just don't, I can think a lot of podcasters don't get it yet and uh, they need to see it. They need to see it on the phone and understand the power of what this brings. Cause essentially everyone has an Android app now, you know, that's by default, you know, it's sure. It's just the player, but you, no money spent. It's zero cost, you know, and, yeah. uh, it's yeah, huge. And Todd, I think that that's, that's also an indication that the, the impact of, of Google podcasts, uh, is going to be a slow developing story. It's not going to be something that hits really fast. And I think that it, you know, it's an educational curve that Google's got to get out and, and they're starting to do it. They're getting out in the community. They're, they're, you know, participating in podcast movement, which is all what they need to do. Um, but, but they've got a little bit of a marketing challenge here to get the word out to well, their Android users on how this works. Well, they've got an opportunity to spread the gospel to 2,300 people at next week. And I think that, that's right. I think they have a huge opportunity here to get an upswell and, and you know, here's what it, it it's just going to take every podcaster saying, oh, by the way, Android users, you know, you can add the show to your, your phone, mm-hmm. you that'll know, help. Yeah. that'll help. <laughs> and most of them aren't talking about it yet. So, yeah, it's that, that that's definitely one session I'm going to go to and hang out in the back of the room and just watch, you know. <laughs> but I, I think what you have is an, an iOS-centric group, so we'll see how many Android users are there showing off their uh, their app. Well, we can't forget to mention Apple. Apple oh, of is going to be there. Yeah, it sounds like they're not participating in any any panels or content. That would be great at some point, um, James. If you guys not, could, not from, could do not, not do from, that, not from lack of trying. I, I, I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know what I can say, and you know I'm I'm comfortable saying this, and the Apple team can can agree, can attest to it probably that we've um, we've offered equal equal um, you know coverage and opportunities for for Apple and Google. Um, but obviously they're both at different stages in their product uh, life cycle right now. So, um, sure. you know, while Google's 
uh, you know, incentivized to to take advantage of every opportunity to help spread the word, like you guys were saying. I think Apple's, you know, they're they're more established and just more calculated in, in what kind of um, you know participation they want. And you know, their big thing is they have their own conference where they unveil their big, you know, their their features and and tutorials and best practices and all of that. They have their own platform, so you know, they're a lot of um, you know what I understand from from them is. When they put out official messaging and official wording, a lot of times it's at official Apple events. So, um, you know, so we're we're happy to have them there, and I know they they're very open and available. And I saw I've seen a couple of them tweeting that they're going to be there. Um, you know, so they're certainly open to talking to people and hearing feedback and and having those conversations. It's just um, you know so far not in any kind of official capacity. Just got to keep your eye your eyes peeled on the name tags, folks. If you don't know who the Apple team is, they. They typically run in pretty incognito. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And also I wanted to mention too, and Dan, have you been in contact at all with the Deezer folks? Because they seem to be jumping back into the space again. (laughs) No, no. um, You know, but I I actually think, you know, we we do see the registrations when they come through and we get little notifications and we often, you know, glance to see who's registering. And I do, I do believe that maybe I'd have to look back, but maybe there might be some at Deezer.com registrations that have come through. Um, mm-hmm. It's hard to remember all of them because we've, we've had so many, at, at least, uh, especially recently. But, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they're there either incognito or um, maybe public facing. Well, they're, they're publicly reaching out to the company. So this is, oh, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're actively involved. So, yeah. so for those that Rob, don't what do you know, think, it's a French what do you think company. Changed from yeah. the, from their their first their first foray into what they might be looking to do now. I think they're they want to they want podcast in their directory or in their in their app. Yeah, it's, that's a simple. That's the end of it. You know, I I don't know if they're going to do more, but they definitely are looking to. You know, they've got an API in place. and They want submissions. So, mm-hmm. and they obviously see what Spotify is doing, and they need to compete with that on the global stage that they're trying to compete with Spotify with. Speaking so, of Spotify. Yes. Are they going to be, <laughs> at, have you any indication Spotify is going to be there? Yeah. So Dossie McGraw, um, he's been to a couple podcast movements, so he's going to be there. He's on a panel. Um, so, so at least he will be there. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone else from Spotify will be there, but he's, He's, you know, at least from my, um, you know, my interaction from the pod, from our side of the podcast things, it's mainly been with him. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to be there in any capacity beyond uh, that one panel participation. But um, that poor guy is going to get crushed when they figure out who he is. <laughs> he might put some white tape over the Spotify label uh, on his name badge. Yeah, <laughs> I, he's going to get crushed. You know, I there is a feeding frenzy that is unbelievable. Never, yeah. I've really never seen anything like it. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, is it just because Spotify is a name of an app that people know, people outside of our yeah podcast community recognize? So because of that, I mean, is that the is that the main driving factor you think of this this frenzy? Well, it's been it's been such a roller coaster ride for the community that I think it's it's created um, some friends and some foes, <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, and, and they're doing most of their tech support via social media, which is driving people crazy. And so when they don't get the answers they're expecting to get off social media, then they come to us and pummel us with, uh, with questions or concerns. And it's, um, 
I mean, as, as Mike Dell was saying, uh, we're, we're now Spotify technical support. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, we're put in that position as well. So it's, it's, you know, we definitely took a lot of the brunt of, of what Spotify has done over the last, you know, two or three months. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, you know, and it's nothing that we haven't, you know, talked to Spotify about either, but, you know, I, I don't think they were prepared. Well, I think they're still a little surprised. So, but at least the, at least the, you know, we're turning, we're able to turn shows on now in like an hour versus waiting weeks and weeks and weeks now. So that, that's helped a lot. Yeah, I think as a whole, they just kind of maybe underestimated the podcast space and the the volume as well as the the interest because they also had that that woman of color podcaster boot camp application process that they went through, where they mm-hmm. um, they opened up five spots and they accepted applications. I don't remember the number, but it was like tens of thousands of applications they got, and they were thinking they would have a couple hundred to go through. So, um, and that was any any woman of color podcaster or who wanted to do a podcast could apply. Um, so I think they really just underestimated the interest in the space as a whole. There's still yeah. literally tens of thousands of shows though that have no gateway onto their platform yet. So that's that's a problem too that they have that uh, they're having, you know, they they well, it's not being able to be addressed. Well, there's a there's still a huge chunk of self-hosted shows. Well, that's what I'm referring there. to. Yeah. yeah, and and those guys are kind of you know hindered now more than ever, especially with the HTTPS. Our, our requirement. Uh, some people not can yet. handle that upgrade. No, not yet. But but I think that that wave is coming, right? Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how all that flushes out over time. Um, hey, Dan, I wanted to kind of take us back to the conference a little bit. Did, could you share a little bit on anything that's new or unique that's going on with the the Hall of Fame and the the podcast awards that you're doing at the event? Yeah, so um, this year we kind of um, it, we we changed it up a little bit, and actually this year the the awards themselves aren't happening. It's just the Hall of Fame. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So the the awards aren't happening. Um, you know, the the truth oh, is okay. we the, the yeah the truth is we had um, a sponsor committed up to the last minute. Um, sponsor bailed. Um, it was it, it it was it was a silly reason. They're actually sponsoring something else, but. Um, but it was a political reason. And, um, but because of that, those awards, and Todd can attest to this, especially um, when, when Todd, when they were in-person awards, um, they're, they're expensive. And we just couldn't, we couldn't justify footing the bill for it, um, you know, without any kind of a support from a partner or anything like that. So, um, yeah, so the awards are not happening this year, hopefully back next year. But as of this year, they're not. Um, and we had already decided that we we're going to do the Hall of Fame as its own ceremony. Um, cause we, mm-hmm. we just felt, especially last year, everything dragged on. We didn't give anything the proper time that it deserved. So we had already made the commitment to having the hall of fame as its own dedicated ceremony on the schedule, separate from the awards. Um, so then once those awards ended up not being, uh, something that we had on the schedule anymore, um, it wasn't a big fundamental change to the hall of fame piece. It just was, um, you know, sliding around the schedule a little bit, but the hall of fame itself is, yeah, it's its own evening. It's next Tuesday evening. Um, 7 30 p.m and we're really excited about it it's um like i said it's a dedicated uh, hall of fame ceremony um giving everyone that's getting inducted kind of that proper exposure and that proper time to get up there and do their thing 
Um, we have a few surprises in terms of some of the um, inductors who are inducting the Hall of Famers. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're I'm I'm personally really excited about it. It's something different. It's something that um, Gary Leland, who first um, pitched uh, us on putting the Hall of Fame uh, as a part of of podcast movement in the first place. Um, I know it's something that he's been wanting for a while was for it to be its own its own um, you know place on the calendar, place on the schedule. And uh, yeah, so we're excited to have that happen this year. It's it's interesting that you and I know you can't go into the details, but you know having <laughs> having run the other podcast awards for 13 years, the sponsorship bit's tough because, you know, having, you know, for me, and it's, it's partly because of me, I think is because I, where I work in the podcasting space, getting corporate folks to come in and, and support is been difficult because, well, you, you know, you're Todd from Blueberry, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm Todd from podcast connect to podcast connect, but they can't separate the two. And then it gets a little political. So, you know, I'm sure your your folks' reasons were different, but yeah, getting those sponsors to come in and, and you know, it could be something as simple as a specific show not making the slate or it's crazy the reasons people get into stuff. But the awards are the awards are not supposed to be a popular well, you know, they're supposed to be fair and equitable and that's what we've all tried to do on any of these award systems, but sometimes the sponsors get weird. Yeah, and um, you know, just from that sponsorship selling in general, I'm, I'm the hands-on one from the company that's doing, um, that does a lot of those sponsor sales and stuff. Uh, you know, some of them like exhibit booths, uh, some of the branding opportunities like lanyards or badges or bags, a lot of those things, um, you know, so when people find what they like to do at the event, mm-hmm. they come back year after year. So this year, Panoply, it's their third year in a row to sponsor the lanyards. They like it. They've seen, you know, whatever the return they're looking for out of it. So they keep doing it. Whereas something like the awards um, and some of our parties and things like that, uh, typically a company will come in and they'll want to make a splash in the space and get that you know big exposure and kind of show that they're involved in the space and get the name out there. Um, but that's usually kind of like a one-time deal, a one-time investment, one-time check they want to write. Um, so something like that, uh, the award show, and, and like I said, some of our parties, those are sponsorships that we kind of have to start over on every year, at least traditionally we have. So, you know, while... Um, you know, nothing sells itself. I'll say some things do um, lend themselves to being easier to renew than others. And that's why, you know, the award show, it's been, um, you know, it's been a little bit of a slog each year. And that's a big check to write. It is. And I, I you know, it, it's been with the event, a lot of our sponsorships are, are basically covering cost sponsorships. So, you know, certainly some of the things have markups, but some of them do not. Um, and the award show is one of those ones where, um, you know, when you really start to add up the production team that it takes to, <laughs> to put a stage show on, um, you know, I've heard you mention like trophies before, like our trophy bill was ridiculous yeah. in the past few years, ordering 20 of these, um, you know, nice, substantial trophies. Um, so when we just started adding up the math ourselves, you know, saying, well, this is how much it's going to cost just to run it. So let's make our sponsorship that cost. Um you know, it's just math of, of are we going to do it or not? And your trophies are nicer than mine. Of course, you're, you're doing the Hall of Fame ones, and I know what mine costs. And, you know, I'm already spending $4,000 on trophies, and I bet your trophy bill is bigger than that. You know, yeah, so. I mean, it, it, yeah, it is. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it, what it came down to is we, you know, we, we knew how we wanted to do it and right. what our kind of level of, of quality that we wanted to do it at, and if we could yep. do it at that. Um, then we, we just decided we'd rather, you know, press pause than, um, yeah. than make sacrifices. Makes sense. So, so 
this is the obvious question here. Is there any possibility that you two will work together on the <laughs> podcast awards? Hey, you know what? We, uh, we, when, when, when we were, before we canceled it, we were, we had all the options on the table. So, um, you know, well, that, that would be an offline conversation to have with Todd, but, um, you know, I will say internally, we've, um, we've not made any decisions on what the next step is for the awards. Yeah. yeah. It's and it's, it's a Rob, people just don't understand. It's a, it, well, I don't want to get into it, but it's sometimes it's a, th- a thankless thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very. Yeah. Because if you're giving out 18 awards, then 18 people are happy with the way things are done. Right. The other, yeah. other few thousand are not happy with the way things are done. It's normally yeah, what right. happens. Right, right. So you just see, then you can't satisfy everyone all the time. No way. But anyway, enough on the awards. So, any, you know, Dan, is there, you know, in your mind, is there, uh, you know, I don't, it, this is, there's always the bargaining, you know, and, and the, and the excitement about, you know, session placement and all that stuff. But, and, you know, the, the bidding and uh, I know you probably had, what did you have for entries this year? How many submissions did you have for sessions? Oh, um, I, I want to say 600 or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah, our number, our, it, the past few years, it's been about 10% of submissions have actually been able to be selected. So, um, you know, as we've, um, grown a little bit and added some more stages and session blocks. Um, it seems like that same kind of percentage growth of the of the um, submissions have come through. So yeah, we selected about sixty or seventy of our sessions from those uh, six hundred submissions. And yeah, we, you know, I I say it every time I've been on. I, I've said that that's the worst part of the, right. of running the conference is is that because you know not only are a lot of the submissions most of them pretty good quality submissions. Um, but a lot of them are from friends and people that have spoken in the past and people that, you know, we, we know and, and like, and, and know they would do a good job. But since, you know, 90% of the people have to get no's, mm-hmm. um, it's just not a fun process to no. be the one delivering those no's. Um, and the other thing I always say is, you know, most of the time when people send a submission in, um, they wouldn't send it in unless they thought it was really good. And if they think it's really good, then they just assume, you know, they're going to be one of the 10% mm-hmm. that are picked. You know, you wouldn't submit something unless you were, were pretty confident that it's going to be good enough to be picked. Right. So those 90 percent, not only you know, are they people that we like and they've sent good things in, but they expected a yes. So it kind of catches them out of, out of left field. And, um, you know, all those things just go into uh, being a really, really tough and, and, you know, not pleasant process. But at the same time, um, so many of our sessions are, are on topics or have participants or are covering subjects that if we were trying to put together a hundred, you know, and 20 sessions on our own, if we were to draw the table of contents up and then, you know, and then plug people in, there'd just be so many more holes um, just because, you know, we'd be limiting it to, to, you know, the subjects and topics and people we know. So, um, you know, it's kind of almost turned, we've, we've, we've settled on it being a necessary evil just because of, you know, the diverse nature of what that, what those uh, submissions bring in that, it's just something we just have to kind of put up with and, um, you know, know it's for the greater good of the event. So any specific sessions that you're really excited to go see or any specific keynote or? Oh, goodness. That's, uh, well, <laughs> I would say, it's, I, you know, a week ago I would have said it's like picking your favorite kid. But now I'm, <laughs> I, I said it's like trying to trying to remember what all's on there just because it's, um, you know, kind of a brain fog at this point trying yeah. to get them all to the finish line. Um, but yeah, you know, actually the audio fiction one, I'm, I'm pretty excited about, um, you know, again, that's a topic that people are interested in. We only have one session on it this year. So anyone 
interested in that space is probably a good one to check out. Um, we have a, uh, one from the Gen Z uh, Kids Podcast Network um, that's you know on on kids and family podcasting, which I think is a, a pretty a pretty big growing um, segment of the of the podcast uh, ecosystem. So excited about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's 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 hard to hard to pick any one. I, I say that um, you know just because our attendees are so diverse and the topics are so diverse. Uh, we try to uh, make the website and the mobile app where you can filter by track and filter by uh, at least broad subject matter and just kind of do a do a dive through the app or the website to find what's right for you. Did um, you know for, there's going to be people listening that can't go. What's the story on the virtual ticket? Yeah, so the virtual ticket, um, we're, we're excited. Um, last year, we launched it on a platform. We, we've done it multiple years. Last year. Um, the platform we initially launched it on was just one that wasn't very um, conducive to the actual uh, virtual ticket. So we had moved it over to a platform called Teachable, which is like an online school learning uh, type platform. And it worked out really well. So this year we're, we're sticking with Teachable from the beginning. Um, and it's just, you know, you sign up for an account on Teachable and, and all the virtual tickets that you've purchased in the past are, are available to you. Um, and then... Um, uh, yeah, so it's, so anyways, we're we're super excited about the delivery mechanism this year, um, but right now it's it's one hundred ninety nine dollars, which uh, you're going to get like one hundred and fifty sessions on video. So right. it's uh, your your price per per amount of content is um, it, it's hard to beat that. Um, it's available on the website, and this this uh, a new thing we're doing this year is there's a there's a tool called Slides Live, um, SlidesLive dot com. If anyone wants to check out the uh, what it looks like, but what it does is they not only uh, film the session by video like we've always done, but they have uh, a tool running in the background on the presenter's computer that uh, records the slides and records the presenter's screen. The pro- hmm. whatever's going onto the projector records it in real time with the speaker, so that then they can sync those two up. Um, and and so when people use the virtual ticket, it'll basically be like a split screen side by side widget that has the slide deck on one and the speaker on the other. That's cool. Um, so kind of like you're there in person and then you can actually like click through. So if you were to there, there's a little button to click to the next slide and it'll not only move the slide deck up one, but then it'll also jump to the part of the video where that slides discussed. So it's a really smart, um, smart interface that we've seen used a couple of times for some other events we've gone to that were we're layering in this year and we think it'll just kind of make the virtual ticket that much better. All right. We're almost up at a hard stop here. All of us have to, uh, Rob Scott chiropractor. I know you got to get moving, Dan. We had one question. What day is the Google or oh, the Google podcast session is on Tuesday at three forty-five. Eileen, that someone was in chat. Um, yep. but, uh, I guess that's it. I guess Rob, do you have anything to wrap up with Dan before we let him go? Um, What's going on with the radio track? Um, I know that the Jacobs folks are, are are coming in helping you. Is that right? Yep. So the Jacobs team did the Broadcasters Meet Podcasters track last mm-hmm. year. It was one day and it was really uh, successful, well attended, um, brought kind of a new dynamic into the event. Um, and, you know, I always tell people this was layered in, this was, you know, layered on top of the current programming. The The radio sessions did not replace any any podcast programming. So I always have to, you know, play, place that caveat on there. Um, but this year they're actually having two days worth of sessions on that broadcasters meet podcasters track. And, um, yeah, you know, it, it's geared towards people on the radio side that are trying to familiarize themselves and, and learn more about the podcasting space. Um, but really the way that the sessions come together is, um, can be equally, 
uh, as, as beneficial for regular podcasters or anyone else at the event to go to some of these sessions. So, you know, they're all, they're all um, available to look at them specifically on the website. Um, I know they're a big one that they're excited about is the keynote for their track is Jarl Mohn, who's the CEO of NPR. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a big exciting thing is that he's going to be um, doing the keynote for theirs. Um, so that's, that's something exciting, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're super pumped about it and they're, I, I think they've got, um, they're expecting way more radio attendees to um, be at podcast movement this year than we have ever before. So, um, you know, I think all of the, that's another segment that's just contributing to the overall growth. Well, exciting stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll see you on, uh, well, at least some of us will be in there on Sunday and Monday and we'll see everyone else at the beginning. Well, most of you that are coming, we'll see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, make sure you stop and see Rob and you stop, see me. And of course, stop and see it. And if you see Dan, Grab, grab Dan and say thank you. He's going to be running around with his hand, uh, hair on fire, but make sure you uh, say thanks to the podcast movement team while you're there as well. Dan, thanks for uh, spending an hour with us here in your, your, your day before you're leaving for, uh, for Philly. So we'll see. Yeah, you. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, thank we'll you guys. I'll see you guys next week. All right. Take care. Okay, thanks. Dan. Thanks, thanks for coming Dan. on. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. All right, Rob, that's going to wrap it up for us. Um, you, you've got an appointment. I've, uh, I've got a full day, too. So, uh, everyone, thanks for being here with us. We'll get this show up directly. And uh, for those of you that missed it, or you can replay it on Facebook at this point. But go to uh, newmeanyshow.com and subscribe to the show. We won't be here next Saturday, but we will be the following week. Everyone yes. take care. We'll see you next time on the New Media Show. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.